0: Hi guys, welcome back to Into Delight, a different life story, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Another fantastic day for an interview. I've got David Medansky with me. David uh, is a guest that who I have really been looking forward to, to talking to because his topic is weight loss, uh, but his take on things is so important because his message is quite clear. You have been lied to about dieting and weight loss. And no one of us likes to to be lied to, yet in reality, don't we do that all the time to ourselves? So there are there are multiple levels there that we need to explore today. And I'm so pleased that I've got David on, uh, on the line here on, a, on a Zoom with me. So, David, welcome to my show.
1: Thanks, Stefan. I appreciate being a guest here.
0: Oh, absolutely. Fantastic. Now, we both, I still am a big man. You have been a big man. So there's obviously one difference here. I wonder what it is. <laughs> So you lost actually uh, 25% of your body weight uh, on stage, which is a tremendous achievement. No two ways around it. But what I would like to do is rather than hone in on that, I want to go a little bit back when you were a child. Um, When you were a child, were you a chubby little fella? Or were you lean and then grew big? What was the story? What was the origin like? When I was younger,
1: I was always fit and trim. I was into athletics and sports. And I was the one in college who can go and eat pizza and ice cream and not gain anything because I was again playing, you know, intramural football and baseball and running and burning it off. However, like most people, life gets in the way and (laughs) I had responsibilities with, you know, family and children and a job. And before I know it, the weight crept up on me. And, you know, five pounds a year over, you know, 10 or 15 years, it adds up. And then I found myself being, you know, 50 pounds overweight. And not only that,
0: I had some medical issues because of that. Interesting. Interesting. What was the culprit or the culprits? What were the reasons that you enjoyed food so much? Were they high caloric Uh, foods that he enjoyed, so the takeaways, and what was the role of alcohol in your weight gain?
1: Well, fortunately for me, um, I'm a lightweight for drinking, so I don't drink much. I may have a beer
0: every two or three months, Oh, well, you a lucky boy then you're a lucky boy because if you think about anything uh that is empty of nutrition and full of calories it's alcohol so yeah you could have done the, the fast track to the weight i could have <laughs> this, yeah <laughs>
1: my 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 vices were um chocolate oh, right. i love you know dark chocolate and Hershey chocolate bars and M&Ms. And I go through a pound bag of M&Ms in one sitting, Pringles potato chips. I would go through a canister and think, why am I still hungry? And what I learned in doing research for the books is that they're scientifically engineered to be addicting. So your neurotransmitters never get the signal that you're full. And they're also comfort food. Mm. So when we're feeling depressed or anxious or stressed, we go for the food. The number one reason people overeat is because of stress. And the number one reason people go on vacation is to get away from stress. And what do you do when you go on vacation? Well, most people eat a lot and drink a lot.
0: So <laughs> yep. Thank you very much for holding the mirror in front of my face. That is you've just described to me and probably about ninety percent of the adult population um, of the Western or a bit more richer world, isn't it? Um so. You had this this slowly creeping up weight. Uh, did you maintain your activity? Did you maintain uh, sport at all, or did life just get so busy that you could barely know if you're a boy or a girl?
1: My life got just too busy, mm. and I started, you know, exercising less. Started going through the fast food, the drive-throughs, the McDonald's, you know, the Jack in the Box. You get. Two for one meals, eating both of them because it's a bargain. Uh, You know, little things that we all do. Um, Starbucks, you know, I love their vente, you know, mocha. And then I realized there was a thousand calories in there. It's not just the calories, it was 56 grams of sugar in one drink. And you you only get 50 grams of sugar for the entire day. And some people (laughs) are drinking two or three of those in a day. So, you know, if you you eliminate that or reduce it, it makes a significant difference.
0: Hell yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) Um, But I like what you say, because ultimately, uh, your life describes that life of so many of us and it is it is bizarre i've got two young men who are very much into their sports and i recognize myself in their free living way i remember about at the start of university and I was I was every night I was out running, I hit the gym, I was dancing, I was doing all kind of things, martial arts, which I was I was active out there. And even when it came time to relaxing, I was I had studied circus art. So I was out there juggling on uh and, and just all kind of things. I was active. And as you said, I could drink what I wanted because I was I, I loved the alcohol, the effect it had on me. Uh and I could eat what I want. So that was beautiful. Um, but then life, yeah, hmm, life does what it does. And the 16-hour days soon crept up. And I'm now a very big man. And I see my boys being that selfish and that, I hate her. Yeah. and they vice versa say, come on, why can't you get your act together? Uh, we can go to the gym all the time. And they do very little else. So uh, you have to say, well, come on, boys, give you a, give you a break. But it's that, it's that change that is there and that so many of us get caught up in. So well, there's yeah, a
1: myth also, when you talk about the gym, people feel that they have to exercise to lose weight. Hmm. And that's the furthest from the truth. 100% of weight loss is what you put into your mouth. Now, exercise is very important for fitness and overall health but not when it comes to weight loss. And what happens is when people go to the gym, they'll go say two, three weeks and they're doing everything they're supposed to. However, the scale isn't moving and they're getting frustrated. And the reason the scale isn't moving is because muscle and fat weigh the exact same. Hmm. Five pounds of fat is five pounds of muscle. However, the muscle takes up a lot less room than the fat. So I always ask people, how are your clothes fitting? Hmm. And if they're loose, it's working. Don't rely on the scale. The scale is another lie to you basically. And eventually the weight will start coming off. Hmm. However, people get disappointed that it hasn't reduced and they quit. And that's why so many people start a new year's resolution to reduce weight or eat healthier and give up within the first three or four
0: weeks. It's just a fact, isn't it? Yeah. But that is not necessarily for a uh, true only for weight loss that unfortunately fits to every single new year's resolution you can think about from, I will write a book this year to I will be fitter to I will be more focused on my relationship and then life interferes. So exactly. I think yeah. the, uh, the, science of weight loss is essentially a science of not becoming distracted from the goals in your life and you need to have a crystal clear vision of what you want and that is in this case the vision needs to be maintained the 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 compass needs to be on that setting and you need to see that goal and that's the problem that goal we see that for a little while and then, oh, shiny. We're like Dory in Finding Nemo and we're, ah. And that's the problem. We lose sight of what is important because the future you, who you want to become, unfortunately, is much less powerful than the current you who says, well, I'm tired and that piece of cheesecake or Forget that piece. The cheesecake um, will make you feel so much better. So how do well, go, go back. We are already jumping well ahead, which I love to, love to. But I want to know, what was the hook? What was the catalyst? When did you decide that actually, hey, I'm not happy the way I am? What made you change your, your position, your mind? What changed you? Well, in July of 2016, I went to see my doctor for
1: lab results. And he told me, based on my lab results and being significantly overweight, I had a 95% chance for a heart attack. And he gave me two options. He says I could lose weight or I can find the new doctor because I was not going to die on his watch. <laughs> so as Oh, I, I like the people, man. I like the man. <laughs> yeah, with that sword hanging over my head, you know, I said, okay. What can I do? The other thing is, normally being in the 95 percentile is a good thing, except when it's a death sentence. (laughs) Then it's not. (laughs) So I I lost 50 pounds during the next four months. And I did in four months what I should have done during the previous eight years. The biggest difference is I've kept it off. And then I started reading my books from the 70s by Paul and Patricia Bragg, Richard Simmons, Jack Lane and other authors on proper eating and living a healthy lifestyle. What I started doing after that is rereading or buying new books from current authors. And what I found is there's a lot of misinformation and misconception out there. And the authors from the 70s were more accurate. Because you have one expert today telling you one way to eat or diet you should do. You'll have a second expert saying, no, you should do it this way, which is just the opposite. And then you'll have a third expert come and say, they're both wrong and you should do it his way. So with all that information out there on the internet and other sources, who or what do you believe and trust to act on? And so I'm a former attorney and I realized how to do research. And so I started sifting through and taking just what was Factual, scientifically proven, and universally accepted as opposed to ideas and different things work for different people. Some people like dairy, some don't. Some like meat, some don't. Some like fish, some don't. Hmm. Some want only vegetables, some don't. So there has to be something that's consistent for everybody that can be applied. And that's what I came up with. Hmm. And I came up with nine universal uh, Hmm. principles that if people follow
0: them, it's just not eating, hmm. it's it's the lifestyle. Hmm. I couldn't agree more. And I think I want to stay for a moment with the scientific side of things. I think we need to be very clear that there are genetically, uh, uh, genetic subtypes of people who do exceptionally well with one form of eating. And I uh, hate the other and vice versa. If you take an example of Eskimos or or other indigenous people in in cold climates, uh, their their, uh, food, their diet is high in fats, I mean, extremely high, but their genetic makeup and everything like that actually assures that this is the right thing for them. Other way around, there are people who do exceptionally well on grains and have very little fat, very little protein um, that doesn't come from plants uh, in there. And equally, you might be part of that group. And I think that's quite important that that one realizes that whatever at the moment the, the newest kind of diet there is, it may so not hold true for you that this is the right thing. Um, it is more a lifestyle question. It is more figuring out actually what works for you. You know, give exactly. me exactly, you yeah, know, and give me give me an apple, and you would think, oh, that should be a nice nutritionist kind of thing. Um, after half an hour, after an hour, um, I could murder whatever kind of food there is because my body just. Doesn't work like that. Give me protein uh, and, uh, and and other, a healthy mix. Let's say a uh, chicken with a salad or something like that. That and, and and some fat with it. That certainly will keep me sustained for a significantly longer time than a carbohydrate meal. So stuff like that. So, you know, there are many, many aspects there to it. So, and these are scientifically proven. So you need to to accept that. So you can't just say, oh, that looks like a good diet. I would like to try that. Um, Yeah, unlikely that that works. And I don't like to
1: use the word diet hmm? for various reasons, but one reason is diets tend to be temporary, extreme, hard to stick with and potentially dangerous. Yep. So when people say, well, what is the best diet out there? Or what do you think is the best diet? I tell them none of them except for one. And that's the Mediterranean diet, which isn't really a diet. It's a Mm. lifestyle. It's a way of eating. And there's a big difference. Um, And I also tell people about the blue zones. I don't know if you're familiar with the blue zones. No, I have not. Dan Buettner wrote a book called The Blue Zones. And there's five areas around the world where people live to be 100 or older healthy. And there's a lot of similarities in their eating habits and lifestyles. Uh And so one of the things I found interesting is they only have 25 ingredients for all of their foods. Now, if you think about it in the United States, in the 1990s, the average grocery store had 15,000 different products that people can buy today, (laughs) it's over 50,000 five, zero, Now, I don't know about you, Stefan, but I haven't heard about that many new nuts, fruits, berries, or vegetables being discovered in that time period. No,
0: it's rubbish. It's rubbish. 80% of what you see in the supermarket is absolute rubbish. It shouldn't be called food. I mean, that's- I call it it edible products. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. May contain some vitamin by accident. (laughs) You're right, you're right. It's absolutely nuts. (laughs) pun intended Um, but no it is so important i mean and that's that's that has happened in since the 50s 60s where suddenly uh we were brainwashed there was the social engineering happening which completely transformed our way of thinking what do you mean self-baked bread that is only what poor people do you buy the nice shiny white bread that we have denuded of everything that is worth having. Um, And then the microwave came in and only poor people cook at home. No, no, no. You have this beautiful microwave dish here that we prepared for you. Includes cardboard and hooves and beaks. Mm. Um, And it is, that's the reality, isn't it? Yeah. It is. mm.
1: And and that's what people don't realize is that what they're putting into their bodies is toxic and chemicals and poisons it doesn't affect you right away however after compounding over 20 30 years now you start seeing the illnesses come up so type 2 diabetes if you're over age 50 there's an 80 percent probability that you're a type 2 diabetic or pre-diabetic and if you're a pre-diabetic within seven years you'll be a diabetic and it's all preventable
0: And, and that's the sad part And reversible. Yes. And that is so important. So, guys, you might now think, oh, great. I have lived my life in in the worst way. And, you know, I might as well continue. What's my chance of undoing all that? Well, I did.
1: I'm I'm exhibit A. I mean, I'll be 60. I'm 66. Mm -hmm. And I'm planning to climb Mount Kilimanjaro next year at 67.
0: Good man. Signed
1: up already. So, (laughs) you know, what I tell people, look. I've done it, you can do it. It's simple, it's not easy. Mm -hmm. You're gonna be inundated with commercials, with advertisements, Mm -hmm. with other people who are wanting you to indulge and enjoy yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, Have a piece of cake, have the cookie. One won't hurt you. No, it won't hurt you and it won't kill you. However, it will prevent you from losing the weight that you wanna lose. Mm -hmm. And what people mostly find out is once you start reducing the weight, you feel better, you have more energy, and then you wanna start exercising more or doing more physical activity. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I learned when I lost my weight, I was hiking when I was heavy and I would have to stop and people would pass me and it was about 3.7 miles that I would do on average. When I lost the weight, I went out for a hike. Not only did I finish without stopping, I was passing other people. I thought, wow, this is great. And so it makes you feel better because then you want to do it more. And that's why I tell people, is, you know, set a realistic goal and break it into segments. The way I look at it is, would you like to weigh 20, 30, 40 pounds lighter by this time next year? Okay. Most people would say, yes. Can you lose two, three, four pounds a month? Not a week, a month. Most people would say, well, oh, yeah, that's doable. Okay. Well, if you consistently lose two, three, four pounds a month for 12 months, mm-hmm. On average, that's anywhere from 24 to 48 pounds within a year. So that's why I tell people it's similar to running a marathon, except there's no finish line where a diet is a sprint. And what happens is when people reach their weight loss goal, if they get there, they revert back to their old eating habits, gain the weight back because there's a finish line. And it's like, oh, I made it. Now I can start, you know, enjoying and indulging. And so I teach people how to eat so that they like what they eat and they yeah. want to consistently do it. Yeah.
0: That's
1: Which is, the difference.
0: How beautiful is that, isn't it? I would like to come back to the message that you can turn your life around and that you truly don't just window dress with that turnaround, but you completely deal with those things that potentially kill you, the diabetes, the heart disease, etc. My father died uh, in his early 60s of his fifth heart attack, something like that, my biological father. So I had a very, very strong history there. And uh, that history went with the smoking and with the alcohol use or abuse that he had and with the poor nutrition that his generation had. So there you go. I thought... I'm in for it, I and mean, genetic link is so strong. But what I had done in the last seven years, I had completely changed myself. I had completely started to look after myself on all the pillars that, that make you, you. And I had uh, last year, end of last year, I did a calcium score, which is basically an advanced CT scan that shows how much calcium is in your coronary arteries, as an indicator you know when will you have your heart attack and turns out my score was 0 my my arteries are like baby arteries and i thought no that can't be they must have made a mistake but no because i have done the right thing with my nutrition i actually changed my life tremendously and here i am there is no way i cannot in any logical way, explain it to you, but that's the fact. My HbA1c, the marker for diabetes, is down because my my the quality of my food that I'm eating is actually very high, and I've got the right supplements. I give my body what it needs. I am still a very big man. I'm still obese, but I have I don't do diet. I, I have changed my nutrition, and I love to eat healthy but I eat far too much of it. And I eat far too much on the wrong times. And that's my, my emotional overeating. That's the the Bridget Jones uh, eating. Um, I eat healthy things, uh, but still far too much of it. Um, and that's my journey. That's my, yeah. that's my, my, the thing I have to deal with. But I we both, both David and I, we are our examples that you can turn your life around by eating healthy and therefore change the, the impact that those last 20, 30, 40 years have on your body. We can change that. You can change that. You can go out there today and make a new, uh, a new life happen for you. You, can, you turn the page. You, sh- you write the next chapter. It's completely up to you. And that's where David comes in because David has done it. I have done it with the alcohol, so my Steps to Sobriety, eh, there, the black one, there, there. Uh, the black one there is off the market, but my new edition comes out in a month's time, thereabouts. So by the time this this interview airs, hopefully it's out and you can check out Steps to Sobriety, the new and improved version, so to speak, um, and where I help you with alcohol. But David has written actually three books of which two are already out there. David, it's time for show and tell. Show us what the, the work that you have created.
1: Well, the first book was called Discover Your Thinner Self. And that dealt with my journey and some suggestions on how to reduce weight and keep it off. And then the second book is, if not now, when, you know, create a healthy lifestyle in 90 days. And the reason I wrote that is because most people put off till tomorrow, what we can do today and if tomorrow never comes we never do it never gets done and and when people want to improve their eating habits there's always i'll start on monday or after vacation after the holidays (laughs) after the company picnic after we go to the restaurant with their friends that we enjoy (laughs) so there's always an excuse and so start now start today stop making excuses um and so i wrote that one and then I thought, okay, I'm done. I'm not going to write any more books. Well, I started to come up with different analogies Uh, and short stories and some fables. And I thought, oh, there's lessons there that we can apply to weight loss. And so the forthcoming book will be out in the fall. It's called Break the Chain of Dieting. Uh, And it goes into why, you know, you've been lied to for diets and how to, you know, reduce weight. And so I'm real excited about that. And one thing I talk about in there is Treat your body like a machine, like a thoroughbred racehorse. You want to give it the right fuel. Hmm. I, one of the stories is I met a trainer in Las Vegas who had a racehorse and he was telling me about how he gave the right nutrition, the right you know, training for physical activity, uh-huh. socialization, ate the best foods, everything. And I'm looking at this guy and he orders for lunch a hamburger with fries and a Diet Coke to wash it down. And he's extremely overweight and I thought, you treat your horse so well. Why aren't you taking care of yourself? I said, when was the last time you saw a doctor? And he says, oh, I haven't been to a doctor in years. I'm as healthy as a horse. Well, there's a reason people say healthy as a horse, because most of the horses are treated better. Most people give their pets better food than they give themselves. (laughs) Ouch. <laughs> it's true. So that's what I, I point out, little things like that. Just uh, open our eyes, make us aware of what we're doing. Sometimes we'll just, you know, go on blindly.
0: Uh, oh, you, you're so right. You're so right. I 100% subscribe to, to, to all your sentiments and statements there. Uh, it is a reality. Guys, it, it is. How can it be that... Uh, um, fries, uh, potato fries, potato chips, we call them here, um, so the the potatoes cut into stripes and that you put into hot oil that we define it quite right, right. How can that have more than one or two ingredients? There should be a potato in there, that's number one, and maybe some salt or something like that. How can there be 17 ingredients when you look at at uh, some commercially bought uh, potato fries?
1: Well, then they use
0: hydrogenated oil, which is the worst stuff to clog your arteries. Exactly right. And so on and so on. All these little things that you take for granted. Oh, they taste nice. Um, That is really social engineering plus stuff that can kill you. Let's talk quite yeah. honest about it and certainly in larger amounts. And guess what? You're eating them in larger amounts uh, because it, the same shit is not just in the potato chips potato fries but it is also in in many other um well 80 90 percent of of the supermarket food that you buy anything that you don't recognize as something that has grown on a tree or in the ground um, it's probably there are things in there that are not so clever for you and yeah, it's processed or manufactured yeah by time and let's let's be quite clear here, because David, you have pointed it out, many of these things are manufactured by people who have much more knowledge than you about how to get someone addicted. These are basically out there, these are these are the, the dealers out there, they're not different than, than someone who sells you a bit of hashish, by the way, it's laced with amphetamine, or it's laced with heroin or fentanyl in there, just to get you hooked. That's exactly what dealers do to get you yeah. hooked and give you the first one for free. Guess what happens in a supermarket? Guess what happens? It samples out. Yeah,
1: yeah. And the thing with our food is, it's scientifically engineered to be addictive. They they strive for what they call the bliss point, hmm. where they hit your optimization for fat, salt, sugar, and texture. And bliss point is a term coined by Howard Moskowitz. And he was employed by the food industry for over 30 years to optimize everybody's cravings for Prego spaghetti sauce, for Coca-Cola and, and Pringles and Doritos. And, you know, he, he, he goes on about how many companies he worked for, Campbell's Soups. And again, he has no qualms about saying he was happy to do that because it's all about the bottom line for them. Sure. Your health be damned. Um, One thing I'd like to get back to is about portions and how many are are food sizes is a lot of people in the United States don't realize their portions have been supersized without them realizing it. And the reason I say that is in the 1900s, the average size dinner plate was nine inches in diameter. Today, it's over 12 inches. And in restaurants, it's 13 to 15 inches. Yet in Europe, it's still nine inches. So people are eating more because it's an optical illusion. If you put the same amount of food on a salad plate as a dinner plate, on a dinner plate, it will look like there's a lot less. On a salad plate, it'll look like there's a lot more. So they give you a dinner plate with more food, charge you more, and then you think you're getting a great value. So what I tell people is, When you go to a restaurant, cut the portion in half, get a to-go box right away, eat half because that's the right size that you should be eating, and you get two meals (laughs) for the price of one, so you're saving
0: money. (laughs) Oh, I like that. That's such a really nice way of looking at it. Well done. (laughs) How do you measure portion sizes? Do you use your fist or do you, but how, is there a a convenient way that you say, well, that's about right? Pretty much. I use
1: the hand, the, the, the palm is for protein, a fist is for your uh, vegetables, your thumb is for the amount of fat and oil you should have. So if you look at it that way, it's real simple. Yeah. Um, and I've reduced my portion sizes. The way to reduce portion sizes, use a salad plate. So it looks like you're getting more food. Nice. The other thing is eat slow. Mm. In today's world, we all eat fast, we're all distracted. Okay. I call it yeah. mindless eating watching TV, you'll eat a bag of chips without realizing it, mm. you know, or pretzels or, or candy or cookies, whatever's there. Mm. Um, so if you eat slow and put your fork or spoon down between bites, mm. you'll eat slower. And then it takes about 20 minutes for your brain to catch up with your stomach as to being full. Mm. And the other thing is drink more pure water.
0: Mm.
1: Cause when you drink water, you feel more hydrated. Mm and not soda or diet soda or fruit juices. Our bodies are 60 to 70% water. So why would you put in soda or diet soda? And when people say, well, diet soda has zero calories. Mm. Yes, but it causes weight gain. Well, how does it cause weight gain if it's zero calories? Well, it has aspartame. Well, so what? Well, aspartame has no, 92 known side effects, all negative. And one of them is weight gain. And people are like, well, how does that work? Well, what happens is The aspartame, number one, increases your craving for sweetness. So now you want to eat sweet stuff.
0: Mm.
1: And number two, it inhibits your body from absorbing vitamins, minerals, and nutrients. So your body goes in what we call starvation mode because you're starving it. You're not giving it the right fuel. And so now it wants to retain the fat and retain Mm. the weight because it's in survival. So that's the reason you should avoid a diet soda. You're better off drinking a regular soda with a hundred calories than the diet soda.
0: Water is the best thing, yeah. Well, I was about to say, and it's just treat yourself. I, I make a point of using water, just normal water, tap water. I like it. Um, I like some carbon dioxide in there, so some bubbles in there. Well, that's easy. We can do that at home with a soda stream of sorts. And uh, I like if I like some, some taste in there, throw a slice of lemon in there, a slice of lime in there, and suddenly you have actually you have taken action. Number one, because you you made that, you focused on that, you cut up the lemon, you put it in there. You are actively doing something, which is great to, you know, it's healthy. So there's this boost, this self, self love that you that you show yourself, which is fantastic. And then there's the reassurance that you know exactly how much water is in there. So it's about 840 mils or whatever is in your in your container, you have meta So now you can measure it and you do something. So there you are by just simply doing that. I've done three good things for me that day. And how beautiful is that? And that's cool. Here, here's the beauty of this with the water. Because a lot of people say, oh, water is too
1: boring. It's plain. It yeah. doesn't have any taste. Like you said, add some lemon or lime. Yeah. When people go to resorts or vacation, usually they're greeted with jugs of water in the lobby with fresh fruits and berries yeah. in there. Yeah. Well, and at spas they do that. Well, why not put fruits and berries and you know, melon into your water? At home, put in a refrigerator, and now you've got the same as if you're a resort or a spa. You're treating yourself. You're giving your body the hydration needs, plus you're adding the vitamins and minerals and nutrients that's being absorbed into the water
0: from the berries and fruits. Exactly. How cool is that? So there are actually little things there with which you can make a change right now. And that's why I like the title of your second book, Why Wait, kind of. Sorry, it was not Why Wait, but- uh, something that now, when. That's exactly, exactly. So you can do that right now and make a point of it and celebrate, celebrate yourself. This is your bloody life. Is it not worthwhile living? Yeah. Is it not worthwhile just doing something for yourself? Yes, you're getting pummeled by life's not so nice things on a daily weekly monthly basis well we can't do much about them but you can do something right now about how you treat yourself the love you show yourself the 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 warm hug you give your soul by actually making yourself something healthy to eat Mm. um it is there is however a skill in that there is however a steep learning curve in that because when was the last time you've cooked and even if you do cook when was the last time you've cooked actually something on purpose with purpose with love um it is we throw things together and then um, watch telly and shovel it down that's about our our typical experience and I'm as guilty as charged there the problem with that is that's that's I'm missing out, and I'm I'm actually aware of that that I'm missing out on treating myself uh, in a nice way. So it's from now and then you stray off your path, and you need to come back. And you, that's that's life. If you if you jump here, we live in beautiful New Zealand. So if I jump in Auckland onto an aeroplane and I want to fly to somewhere in the United States, how many? times do you think that the pilot is actually on course one <laughs> yeah, percent exactly that's about right most of the time that's how he flies because that's well, what life does isn't it the reason i
1: know that is because that's the story in the book about <laughs> you taking go. off from la to new york and you're yeah. off by one degree you're just yeah. always constantly correcting your, Correct. your course and, and and that's what you do when you're a pilot so that's uh-huh. what you have to do when you're on your weight loss Journey and eating healthy is keep exactly. correcting. Not beat yourself up. Exactly. If you make a mistake and fall back. It's okay. Yep. I'm not a purist. I enjoy a good piece of chocolate cake every while or a piece of pie. However, instead of eating a full one sized piece at one time, I'll eat a little bit here and there and it'll last me three or four servings instead of one for three or four days. That's the difference. Take a <laughs> sliver instead of a slice you know i enjoy ice cream instead of eating a whole pint or half a gallon of ice cream i'll have one scoop and it's not every day it's just as a treat so i'm not saying you have to forego everything Mm -hmm. and when you look at it this way you're not denying yourself anything or or, um you know forgoing anything you're making a choice you're making a healthy choice so you're deciding not to indulge Mm -hmm. for this time um one thing, I, it's in the new book coming out. It's you'll like this. It's a story of a friend whose name is Jimmy's, an alcoholic, and he has a little prayer that he does every day. Uh, today, you know, I'm an alcoholic and I won't have a drink. I don't know what tomorrow will bring, but today I know I won't have a drink. And that's how it is with food. Today I'll eat healthy. I don't know what tomorrow will bring. I may have a, a slip up, but for today, this is what I'm going to do. And if you plan your meals ahead, either in the morning Mm. or the night before and write it out and even tell somebody, Mm. then you're more likely to stay with what you're going to eat because now you're already saying, this is what I'm gonna do as opposed to coming home from work, I'm tired. What's in the freezer I can throw in the microwave. Where can I stop to pick up a pizza or order takeout, you know, or pick up a bucket of fried chicken or go through the drive-through. And so, if you do little things like that, it makes a big difference. And that's what it is. It's just little changes that you can do on a consistent basis. And if you give it enough time, you'll see the results.
0: The other thing there is our lives are basic; They will not suddenly change only because you want to change. Does not mean to say that life is not throwing you hurdles left and center, but there will be days When you have got time free, maybe it is the weekend or there's a a day of work during the week, who says that you can't actually put some good music on in the kitchen uh, and start cooking batches of healthy food? So that you have got them in the right size portions in the freezer so that you only need to take that out and put it in a microwave. So now you're not putting anything store bought into the microwave, but something that you have created with love, you know, the exact ingredients in there and you know, this is good shit. So now you can actually do that and without guilt. Have still the convenience of saying, oh, for Christ's sake, I don't, I can't, I can't cook now. I've just had a sixteen-hour day." Um, here you go. How about that? So yeah. that works well for me.
1: Great, and there's little things like you said. Uh, if you know what you're putting in your body, you know. And people say, "Well, it's expensive." You'll find out you're saving money by doing yes. it that way. Yes. For example, I get pasture eggs, which is different than range-free eggs. And the pasture eggs are where the hens are able to forage for their food, eat the bugs and worms and grass, and they're outdoors. And they're anywhere from five, six, $7 for a dozen of eggs where I live. Hmm. And people are like, well, that's expensive. I can get a dozen eggs that are not hmm. as good for $1.99. Well, if you look at it, it's only 50, 60 cents for an egg. If you get the more expensive ones that are healthier, more nutritious for you. Yet people have no qualms going through McDonald's or Burger King or Wendy and order a breakfast sandwich for $3, 4 or $5. Mm. Makes no sense to me. And if you want to prepare eggs ahead of time, you can hard boil them, peel them, put them in the refrigerator, and they're there for a couple of days. So like you said, if you're running late for breakfast, you grab a hard-boiled egg, you're good to go. Mm. So exactly. little things. Uh, mm. I love avocados. I just cut them and eat them right out of the shell. <laughs> so, you know, hard-boiled egg and an avocado, I'm good to go.
0: Well, True. There you've got the protein, there you've got the fat, there you've got some uh, fiber in there. And it's, it's, it's a superfood, ultimately. And you guys might not like that particular combination, but there are other combinations. And sure. that's where your journey begins. That's where you start to really explore yourself. Just as much as you do in recovery after depression or after uh, you've been diagnosed with anxiety, any kind of these things, you start discovering the true you in there. And that's the same with food. You figure out foods that you actually like, and then I suggest you actually break them down into small steps and sort of say, well, what is in there? And you might soon find that uh, paella that, or the, the whatever your, your signature food was that you would order in a restaurant, it's actually not so difficult to prepare. And wow, suddenly you've learned something about that food and you can make it yourself and you think, wow, that's cool. And then you suddenly learn, actually, do you really need that much sugar in there and that much cream in there and that much that in there? And you learn to, to substitute. And suddenly you have got a restaurant style, gorgeous food, but with half the calories and improved nutrition. And you think, damn, did I do that? How cool is that? So there is a skill, a learning curve there that is, again, it's very fulfilling, and it's it's just gorgeous.
1: And, and now we have
0: have the price, probably too. hell, yes, exactly. And then you learn how to to go shopping. Then you actually see that white rice, yeah, okay. a uh, brown rice is so much better, a much better glycemic index. And then you figure out, well, actually, wouldn't it be nice to actually have a bit of flavor when you make the rice? Well, you learn that the next time you you make a, a roast chicken, you throw all the, the bones and the skin and everything in a pot, put water on it and holy trinity of, of onions, carrots, celery in there, uh, boil the shit out of it for eight hours, 24 hours. There are your eight liters of chicken stock. So next time you use the brown rice, put some chicken stock in there, put maybe some some spices in there maybe throw in some veggies for goodness sake um why not have some veggies boiling yeah. in the in the in the rice there as you go uh, by the time your rice cooker is finished 20 30 minutes later you have get this this powerhouse of of nutrition of a low glycemic index means that that your blood sugars don't Rise to the heavens and then crash down half an hour later, and leaving you exhausted, wanting more, more quick sugar. Um, so that's the brown rice. Plus, you have got the protein, the the, the collagen in there, yeah. all kind of things. It's that easy to do. These are little tricks that you will learn on your journey, and these tricks are damn good. But these are all tricks that will come naturally to you once you're on your journey, but you need the principles. And that's why David has got, has written his books. And that's what I like about it. That is, he basically sets the compass for you, he gives you the skills and the principles with which to work. And with armed with those principles, you can go on this journey, and start exploring and this will be your unique own journey, because your body is unique, your body has different requirements but it is it is a beautiful journey and you will learn so much about yourself. And the weight loss is nearly a side effect of what actually occurs because you're starting to love yourself. You're starting to look after yourself and you, you start treating yourself like the horse that you maybe deserve to be. How cool is that? Hey. You'll start to feel better. You'll have
1: more energy, more vitality. Exactly. And again, the weight loss is secondary because you're improving your overall health. And you touched on a little bit with the calories. It's not calories in and calories out. That is another myth. A Hershey bar has about 125 calories. A Coke has about hundred calories for an eight ounce can. Well, that's 225 calories. You can eat a whole pint of blueberries and it'll be about hundred calories. Yet the blueberries have more fiber, more nutrition mm. than Hershey and Coke, which has empty calories and won't sustain your body. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing is water is the most important thing. You need to drink a minimum of one half your body weight in water. So if you weigh 200 pounds, drink 100 ounces of water. If you're 160 pounds, drink 80 ounces of water mm. as a minimum because we're 60% water and we lose a lot of water through our skin, digestion, mm in various other ways. So that's why I tell people is the number one thing to improve upon is drinking more water. Mm -hmm. And that will help everything else fall into place. Mm -hmm. Because when Mm -hmm. you think about it, you can go weeks without food. However, you can only go about three or four days without water before you die. (laughs) So when you think of it like, oh, okay. (laughs) I guess water is more important than the food.
0: In Steps to Sobriety, I talk about a little little story that happened in the 80s in Germany. There was a small village there, and the mayor was also the owner of the only hotel there. And he thought, how can I bring more guests into my, my hotel and therefore money into the community? So he had on his property he had a spring, a well of of water. And so he filled big vats of water, then mm-hmm. used a big drill, literally a mechanical drill, went in there, drilled the water, and said, you know, energy, there's an energy transfer. I drill the water, therefore you've got energized water. So if you come to us and 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 just spend some time with us, you're gonna feel so much better. And indeed, people were flocking to to the place, it was booked out. And also a a German television crew came there and actually started looking into that and, and investigating. And so the interview with the guests goes along the lines of, oh, hello, you know, you're here. How do you feel? million dollars. I feel wonderful. My goodness. This water is out of this world. And they said, oh interesting. And and what do you normally do and and at home? Oh, I'm a secretary. Ah. And, and and do you drink much water? No, 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 no. But I drink about 12 cups of coffee and then some wine in the evening. And the next guy was an engineer and same shit, basically coffee, wine, whatever, no water. <laughs> Needless to say, the bloody drilling had zilch to do with it. But these people were suddenly feeling a million miles, but they felt wonderful because they actually drank three liters of water every day. <laughs> and it was it was, oh my God. But that was such a such a beautiful little a uh, little study they did themselves yeah. with their uh, them own with their uh, themselves as their own guinea pigs. And look what what, is, what was the outcome. Uh, don't go home and buy big drills in a vat. Okay. Then you misunderstood that story. <laughs> the energy transfer was bullshit. But the water, that was the miracle thing. Um okay. the hydration. So here you go.
1: And again, there's different arguments, depending on who you listen to about what's the best water. Some will drink distilled water. Some will say drink spring water. Um, some will say tap water is fine, depending on where you live. Um, reverse osmosis water. Um, and the reason I say that depends on who you listen to is Paul and Patricia Bragg always advocated drinking distilled water and their student who was Jack Lane always advocated drinking spring water. So here you had, you know, contradiction among the inner circle of the two experts. Um,
0: I think the reality, the reality, if you want to think about, I will keep it pure. I want to know exactly what I put in my body. If you believe in that, then you go for distilled water because you know that everything else has been taken out by the distilling process. Makes sense. But it doesn't make sense to me as a doctor, because I know that you need all the minerals that life can throw you. And we know that, for example, here in New Zealand, our soil is very deficient in zinc and selenium. And guess what? Zinc is uh, virtually everyone here runs around with low zinc levels. And therefore, if you you need to top them up to prevent um, uh, diseases to essentially fortify your immune system. So there you are. So I personally am rather a man who says, come on, uh, take everything that you can get. If we are in theater and I give you fluid, that fluid is not water. That fluid is water with the salts that you need. So there are, right. we are mixing them in. So therefore it doesn't make sense that I now drink stuff that has nothing in it. So, hmm, nah, um, but the point is drink water. And it is, if you're, if you have so much energy that you can focus on that minute difference between that and that, the, the water distilled or not, are you really focusing on the right thing? <laughs> and who has the money? If you, if you have got so much money to spend on distilled water or uh, other, other, f- other fats, I want to call them, um, maybe refocus and use that money for something else. Maybe use that money that you would spend extra for the water and buy yourself some, some fresh produce. Or give it away to someone who needs it, et cetera, et cetera. So maybe time to refocus a little bit on your discussions there.
1: Yeah, and I tell people, whatever you prefer, that's your preference. As long as it's pure water, I don't care if it's spring water, distilled water, reverse osmosis, whatever you enjoy and you're going to drink, that's what's best for you. Indeed, Rod. And Uh, let's talk about fad. hmm. With fad diets, you know what fad stands for, don't you? Fat and desperate. (laughs) <laughs> Ooh, nice one. <laughs> so that's we—that's why I refer to them as bad diets, because they're fat and
0: desperate diets. <laughs> is that something you made up, or is that something actually which came originally? <laughs>
1: no, actually, uh, a friend came up with it for me, and he said he gave me permission to use it, so that's <laughs> on the back of the book about fad diets.
0: Perfect, absolutely perfect, because that, that is really... That's really it. I mean, after all, this is one of the biggest markets, markets as far as self-help books, et cetera, are concerned. And it is important that we come back to the basics. And that's where, David, where your books are there to guide us, and that is uh, for that, I'm very, very grateful to you. And thank you for the hard work you're doing because you're your own guinea pig and you have kept the weight off. And that is really the proof in the pudding. (laughs) Okay, stop with the bad jokes, stop it. (laughs) No, David, thank you so much for for being on my show. You have highlighted a lot of really, really important principles. And you, you helped me see a little bit clearer, and you gave me quite a lot of tips. And I thought I knew it all, but I probably knew everything you said, but just the way you framed it, made me suddenly realize, Huh. Okay. So you get thank you. You gave me a lot of aha moments, uh, and that's what thank life you. is all about. I was a bit off off course. Now I'm heading back into the the right direction. And for yeah,
1: that, here's a, you're welcome. Here's a little tip for you also, and for the audiences at night, if you like, you know, frozen blueberries or strawberries, they're great. You know, with a little bit of uh plain Greek yogurt, mm-hmm. uh, and so if you eat them frozen, it slows you down. Also, cherries are really low glycemic and you can eat as much of that as you want. And the reason I say that is because you have to be careful. You can't eat them fast because they have the pits. And so you <laughs> eat them slow. It's healthy for you uh, and you got some nutrition and, and it's something, finger food, comfort food. So when you do that at night, that'll help you slow down
0: a little bit you hear me laughing guys because david and i if you look at david's background here are his his dragons what you don't know about me is that i love dragons that i've got quite a few dragons in my life as well here we are talking about uh, about weight loss guess what i like to pick out uh at at night 500 gram of frozen cherries. <laughs> it is amazing. This is. I'm. Sh- we need to look into our family tree. We must be related somehow. Honestly. <laughs> so, all well, we have learned the same lessons in our life, and that's that's really cool. So, if two numb nuts here can turn their <laughs> life around, if we can get our lives sorted and become healthy again, uh, what stops you guys? What stops you? What What could possibly be in your way? And you will come, your brain could come up with about 500 reasons. What is in your way? Um, maybe don't ask that question. Maybe ask the question, well, what can I do right now? Or how, how can I be more healthy? Try something where your brain doesn't find answers where you can't be, but find answers how you can be and why you should be. And yeah, then, one
1: thing I'd like to just mention quickly is mm-hmm. 80% of our thoughts are negative. Mm. And 98% of our thoughts are the, from the same from the day before. So imagine if you turned your thoughts from negative to positive and reversed it, how much better we would be. And that's what I teach people in the books is how to reverse their thinking and convert a negative thought into positive like you suggested. That was brilliant on your part.
0: Oh, no, no, it's, it's we're both we both have seen the light and we've seen the light because we were in the darkness. So therefore it's so, it's so powerful that that we can bring these messages out there because we've been there, we've done that. And it is, yeah, I wouldn't have it any other way. It is sometimes painful to transform. It is sometimes hard to refocus on what is important, but, That's what life is about. Here is your chance for you to grow, for you to transform yourself into the being that you want to be. And you have got the power to do that right now. Honestly, right now, the the moment you switch this interview off, I want you with your finger on the mouse go down and press that subscribe button to start off with that you don't miss another uh another uh interview with me or another another video with me uh secondly i want you to look into the description down there of the video on the podcast because we have got david's books down there so you can go straight from there and get a copy uh, which i strongly recommend you to do and then hopefully by the time also that, that this uh, interview airs, there will be a link down there to my book, to the new Steps to Sobriety. Um, if that aspect of your health uh, is a concern, then treat yourself. You have got a few books down there, which may very well change your life. And that's beautiful. That's beautiful. It will be, and transformation is waiting for you, and you're ready for it because otherwise you wouldn't listen to these interviews here. So, well done, well done for being so far out of your comfort zone that you're willing to make a change. Because now the magic happens. So, David, again, thank you so, so much for coming onto my show and sharing your incredible insights. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm humbled and and honored that you were on my show.
1: Thank you, Stefan. I really appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. And you guys out there, stay strong and look after yourself. Bye.